good afternoon. I'm George Matthews, your host for Victoria Arts. My special guest today is Daryl O'Day, music director for the Victoria Symphony Orchestra. Good afternoon, Daryl. Good afternoon, George. This is a wonderful time for me to get to see you after 14 months since your last visit I, to Victoria. I know. It doesn't seem like it was just that long. Uh, I mean, of course, I've been in contact with a lot of people in the symphony throughout the time. And as uh, many of our fans probably know, I've been doing uh, videos for, for our, our our constituency that went up on our Facebook page and uh, in fact I did a preview for this concert in case people want to see it if they want to know more than what they're going to hear today it's uh, and it is the 100th video that I did since the pandemic for the Victoria Symphony. Oh that sounds good I've seen a bunches of them they're all really informative and give a special insight not only to what the orchestra has done, but a lot of the players too. Yeah, I mean, highlights for all the chaired players and then even rank and file members. We had some profiles given by our guest artists that did some things. I did a couple of informative sessions. I even did a couple sessions with what was happening in New York with a Broadway musician friend of mine is there, an LA film musician. I did one on him. And I also did one on a, from a musician friend of mine who is in Beijing, China. So it was interesting to hear their perspectives on the, on music in their areas, in Beijing, in the Big Apple, and in LA. Now that's a wide range. It is, it is. More back to Victoria <laughs> and our wonderful opportunity to hear the symphony. Yes. For the first time. Right, I mean. This year. We, you know, we uh, tried to plan, uh, like most orchestras for the season, and then as uh, things got worse or the shutdown still continued, then we would cancel concerts one at a time as we were going. And so this week is the last set of concerts that we would normally do the season. So even as optimistic as we were with putting on concerts this year, as uh, COVID kept continuing, we had to cancel them until we got to the point where here we are now, where it's actually a, a, an opportunity that we can do live music once again. It's sad that it's the last series of concerts for this season, but I'm glad that we didn't go completely dark because there are orchestras across the U.S. that they've been dark the whole time and they're not going to start up until September. You're not going to hear anything at all from them. Uh, it's nice that we're getting to get something in this season. It's great, uh, but you've changed the, the what would have been the, the big final concert for the year. Right. Well, you've when, adapted. Well, when we were trying to plan things uh, for the season, I put together several different kinds of programs, but mainly I put together programs that were going to go along with all the COVID restrictions. So we had a limited number of musicians that we had on stage. There was a limited amount of time. So we modeled the concerts with... 26 musicians on stage or less, performances that were one hour or less with no intermission. And as such, because it was that way, we had to, in order to get everyone in, we had to do two performances. And that's how we sort of started to schedule it. And as I said, none of them came to fruition, but here we are now. We said we can get the last concert in, even though now with the restrictions lifted, we probably could do 
you know, you know more people and not as much spacing, but we're carrying it through now because we're coming out of the pandemic. We're not out of it yet. Out of an abundance of caution, we are still doing the same thing. So our musicians will be uh, somewhat socially distanced on the stage. The audience seating, the, the seating that's available has been separated by seats in between so that people don't have to be sitting right at the top of each other. So we do have a lot of protocols and a lot of things because we want our patrons to be safe. We want our musicians to be safe uh, as, as it is now, no matter how great the vaccination rate is, no matter how great we think we're approaching herd immunity, we still want to be careful since we're just coming out of it. So we're doing this last concert as if uh, we were still in the middle of it, just to protect everybody. And then by the end of the summer, we hope we'll be back to full seating, uh, full orchestra, full programs. Sounds like you've been very, very astute in watching everything that's been happening around. And it's very, very, not, very knowledgeable of the symphony and yourself to be able to do this concert when so many other orchestras, as you say, cannot do anything. Right, and I think the, the advantage is uh, we are not the big, large collective bargaining agreement, contracted union orchestras, you know, where they've got, they had multi-year agreements with their musicians, so it's much more difficult for them. You know, I akin that to aircraft carriers versus little speedboats. We're the speedboat, and the New York Philharmonic is the aircraft carrier, and when they're told to stop and turn around, well, it'll take some a long time to do that. They'll travel a few miles before they have to turn around, but we just stop and turn. Because of that, uh, we're able to be a little bit more nimble. We don't have as many restrictions. That's what's allowed us to, us, and not only us, but a lot of orchestras like ours. You know, Corpus Christi has been playing here in the state. There's smaller orchestras have been already coming back, but we can do that because we don't, we're the speedboats, right? <laughs> we're coming back with, with all those, and, and hopefully next year we'll, We'll be speeding around with a full season. What can we look forward to this coming Saturday? Well, uh, as some people might think that with a smaller orchestra like we have, that there'd have to be some skimping on, on what happens with the musicians. And it's true. I mean, we're not going to be doing a Mahler Fest and we're not doing a, the retelling of the Wagner Ring <laughs> cycle. Uh, we can't, don't have the numbers of that. But there's still plenty of music and wonderful things that can be done with the number of musicians that we do have. Of course, there's a lot of them that are favorites of people. So in this concert, we're going to be presenting three pieces. First piece is by Percy Granger. The piece we're playing is called uh, Irish Tune from County Derry. Uh, we played it here with the orchestra before, and most people would know this, but not by the tune Irish Tune from County Derry, but rather as Londonderry Air, or better known probably as O Danny Boy. So everyone will know that tune, a very wonderful, lush arrangement for strings and horns by uh, Percy Granger, who was an uh, Australian, but came to America and uh, became an American and did most of his, his writing for with folk tunes and with uh, songs, uh, but, but also with orchestras. So besides this, he's done a lot of other these, these small little pieces for orchestra. So we'll be starting with that, and uh, then we will go on to our last Van Cliburn winner. As many of our audience members know, we did a five-year project uh, that was funded by James and Tina Wayne, and it was called the Clyburn Project. We presented five Clyburn winners, and we the fifth one was supposed to be done a year ago, last April. Uh, it was Sean Chen, who is going to be playing the Sanson G minor concerto. But instead, he's, he's, he will be back, and he's playing this weekend with us. But instead of playing the Sanson, which is a large orchestra, 
Uh, he is instead playing the Mozart 23rd Concerto in A Major, Kirschel 488, which is a really delightful work and happened to be in his repertoire, which was good. He'll be coming in to play that piece. And then uh, after that, we'll be playing a symphony by Franz Schubert. During my whole tenure here as music director, I've only done one other piece by Schubert, and that was the Unfinished Symphony. Uh, everybody knows that one, but uh, nothing else. And Schubert wrote nine symphonies, and uh, many of our patrons will know that Schubert was uh, sort of crossing over the, into the late classical, early romantic period. His pieces would be would reflect that, except this one piece that we're doing, the Symphony Number no. Five, was a tribute by Schubert to Mozart. Because of that, the orchestra is way smaller. It uses the traditional forms that. Uh, you would find in, in a Mozart symphony, four movements, um, you know, traditional um, song and, uh, and, and trio form in the third movement, for example, uh, very quick last movement, bright and happy first movement, second movement, very slow, very traditional uh, form, but just so delightful. You would almost think that it was Mozart, except for the slight betrayals of certain harmonies that are more are later, more romantic than classical and uh, certain uses of the small orchestra that you wouldn't expect Mozart to be to do. So small little betrayals, but, but in its lightness, in its quality, and even in some of the themes, you can, you can listen to some of the movements, like, for example, the Scherzo movement is not unlike the Scherzo movement in uh, Mozart's 40th Symphony, the G minor. And it also happens to be in G minor as well, this one. So there is some comparison, there's some contrast to it. But uh, so it makes it a very light kind of program uh, with the with the Granger only strings and horns and then going to, of course, Mozart and and, and Schubert. So it's a, a lighter program, but and about, uh, as I said, about 26 musicians that we're going to be using to do this concert. Um, but, uh, you know, even 26 musicians are going to be able to create wonderful, beautiful sounds big sounds, small sounds, poignant sounds, uh, all kinds of things. And I'm looking forward to the program immensely. Now you're in your normal home, Victoria Fine Arts Center on the VISD campus, uh, but you're doing two, con two concert times and the concerts are a little bit shorter. Uh, so uh, what times uh, are the performances? Two on Saturday and this, the first one is an afternoon matinee at, at two. And then, then there's the evening performance at 7.30. Since the programs are only an hour long and there's no intermission, it made us think that, and especially with social distancing, we wanted to make sure that our fans, the ones who were coming, didn't, weren't uh, left out in the cold because you know we could only fill up so much space when we decided this program, there was a limit. I understand there isn't one now, but we set that we wanted to obey the limits that were there. So. In order to accommodate more people, thought it'd be, be good to do it twice. Uh, and, and it's interesting. I, I'm be interested to see how the audience likes it because uh, uh, I know that some people prefer a matinee performance. And I think also that this is the first time, at least since I've been here, that we're offering a double of a performance. You know, which is you know pretty standard among uh, larger orchestras. Uh, they'll they'll do a Friday and Saturday night or maybe do a Saturday and a Sunday matinee, or sometimes all three. If our audiences like having the choice, and, it, and, and of course, if we could fill it up enough, uh, which means all you Victoria fans out there, you better get your friends to come if you want to have doubles, because we, 
would have to uh, fill up fill it all up to justify doing it naturally because we're we have musicians coming back twice to play and it's just 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 the one performance but it'll be fun to see how it works out to have that and also a shorter program as well and no intermission because if everybody comes in here's this wonderful three pieces right in a row one hour and then they're done and it's kind of like a little short little musical bonbon and we'll see 